Hi, I'm Shay, and welcome to Kombucha and Color. Kombucha and Color is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Shay Dyer, a yoga teacher and creative graphic designer, and Anna Marsh, a functional medicine practitioner and women's health coach with a love of all things health and fitness. This podcast is here to inspire women to embrace health and live life bright. You can find more about me, Shay, at shaydyer.com. You can find out more about me, Anna, at annamarshnutrition.co.uk. And each week we will be bringing you inspiring content for a healthier and happier mind, body, heart, and soul. Hi, it's Anna. Ever since I was a child, I wanted to study the power that food can have on our health. When I started practicing as a nutritional therapist a decade ago, I realized that what is just as important is the relationship that we have with food. This is very often a mirror for the relationship we have with ourselves. Through my own personal journey and health challenges, I was forced to dig deeper and understand things that go beyond just our physical bodies. I learned the importance of working with the whole person to create a balanced body, mind, heart, and soul. I'm now passionate about using my diverse toolbox to help women slow down, take better care of themselves, and ultimately cultivate a life which is a reflection of self-love. If you feel like this is speaking to you, I created a 43-page guide nine steps to love, nourish, and connect with your body to create an energized life with a happy heart and soul. You can download it for free and join my Grounded Goddess community for even more inspiration by visiting groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen steps. That's groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen steps, S-T-E-P-S. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the community. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kombucha and Color. Shay and I are catching up again today, and this is really weird because it's Thursday morning at the moment, and I'm in my little office room, and it was only just three days ago that Shay was here sleeping in this office room because she was visiting me to run her marathon. So we thought it would be a really great opportunity today just to catch up after Shay's big event, um, which I had the pleasure and honor of witnessing and being part of in that way. So that's what we're here to do today. Welcome, Shay. Oh, well, thank you, Anna. And thank you so much for having us. It was such a lovely weekend to spend with you guys. And and it was, Anna had done such a beautiful job as I walked into the room where we were staying. She had made this huge big marathon goodie bag with all of these Epsom salts and little balls and um, deliciously Ella balls and all these like muscle gels and all these different things that, you know, you can post marathon um, rehab goodie bag. So it was so special to have that. And yeah, I guess I just want to share about some of my lessons and learnings from running this marathon that I never thought in the back of my mind, I never thought that I would actually do. So it was a massive, massive achievement. And I feel so proud of myself. And at the same time, as I think back on it, I'm like, this is the strangest thing. Like a whole bunch of people just arrive at this place, run for like however many hours and then go home. It's like the most bizarre thing. I'm like, if I think about it, I'm like, 
humans are really strange. They just like, gather together, do strange things and then leave. <laughs> well, that is what you see from the outside looking in. But internally inside each of those humans, I'm sure there is a lot, a lot going on beneath, beneath the surface. And then don't forget all the people who turn up to cheer you on. Yeah, um, it was so interesting. Like I learned so much and or just maybe rather deepen my understanding of so many things whilst going on that journey because it certainly is like a journey right from that first moment of me deciding like I want to do something that's physically challenging. I want to test my upper limits. I want to go beyond what I believe is possible for myself. And I certainly did that for myself. But I must say, as I started the race, I was in my starting pen and Anna and Warren were at the kind of gate where I was feeding in and suddenly I looked at my watch and it suddenly was no longer connecting to my phone which meant I couldn't see my music on my phone I couldn't see my music on my watch rather and it was not connecting and I pushed something on my phone and it's reset my whole watch and suddenly the whole watch has gone black the thing is the screen is now taking over and people are now actually starting to walk to to start the race and I'm in this absolute panic station of I can no longer see the speed that I'm running at, I can, and I've been training with this watch for you know months and months since the beginning of the year, and I can no longer see anything, any information on this. I can't see my music through this. I'm in absolute like almost like a flat spin. As the people are leaving, Warren's now giving me his watch, and I'm trying to figure out how a new watch works and trying to put it on, and it's not tight enough, and it's trying to figure out where to put the start and the stop, and how to change the settings. And oh, it was just like this absolute panic, and with that energy of like panic and nervousness is when I started the race. And as I started to cross the start line, which is basically the whole start, you know, right at the very beginning, I hit the wall. Everybody talks about when you go to a marathon, like you hit the wall and my wall was at the start. <laughs> like as I started this marathon, I just slammed into this wall and I was like, Oh my gosh. I was like, my hip instantly started flaring up so much pain in my right hip, which I'd had issues with during training, but it was feeling fine suddenly overwhelming pain in this hip and I was like I can't believe this is happening like I've just literally just started this race and I've got this unbearable pain in my hip feeling frustrated my watch is not working the phone is disconnected I've got Warren's thing I don't know how it works it's not I've never used this before all this like stuff that's going through my head Um, I've forgotten to take my tracksuit top off or my hoodie off and so my number wasn't visible and I thought oh my gosh what if I've started this race and they haven't been able to see my number and now I actually don't register as having run this race because my top has been on and all this stuff was going through my head. And with all this like emotional state, like my nervous system was just like completely like firing on edge. Like it was just everything lit up. And that is what created this intense feeling of pain in my body. So I gave myself this five kilometers to really just let everything go. And at five kilometers, I said to myself, you are going to reset this at five kilometers and start basically like mentally start this marathon again. And I was feeling just so discordant with everything and just like frustrated and irritated and like all huffing and puffing and this pain was flaring up. And I started like getting a little bit deeper into the breathing and a little bit more mentally clear and a little bit more mentally centered. And as I started getting more mentally centered, I could feel the pain in my hip just starting to die down. I could feel everything just kind of calming and getting into that more like settled groove. And I was like, it is actually frightening how much of an impact your emotional state has on the feeling of pain, the feeling of information, the feeling of just firing up in your body. So I took those five kilometers or whatever it was, half an hour to really just let everything settle again and come back into that breath, come back into the flow. And 
this whole idea of being in flow and when you are in flow is when you, for me, you're receiving these signs and signals and things from the universe. And that's kind of a little key for me to know that I'm in that state of energetic flow when I have these little signals and symbols that come to me and I just know what they mean. And something that I teach on my creativity and yoga workshops where we look at the brain and how um, creativity is, is measured. And um, one of the tests that they use to measure creativity is they take these words or letters and they or take these words and they scramble up the letters so that there's an incoherent jumble of letters and they give them to people and they have these opportunities to solve what the word is so the more times that people just solve them without knowing what the word is so say you've got this jumble of letters and suddenly you just see and instantly know what the word is that is something that is called an aha moment or an insight moment. And an insight moment is one of the markers of creativity because it's the sudden awareness to the solution to a problem. So it's not about you deductively going through all the letters and resorting and reasoning and rationalizing out all the potential possibilities for that word, but you just suddenly instantly see a word or you instantly know what, what that word is. And as I was running, um, someone was holding up a sign with the letters G-O-J-E-N. So it was all go, it was go Jen as the sign that she had, she had made. But somehow in my brain, it just all scrambled into enjoy. And I was like, even though it, it actually doesn't, as I was thinking about later, I was like, it actually doesn't spell enjoy because there's a G <laughs> instead of a Y. But in my brain, like that is the message and that's the signal that I got was enjoy. And I was like, oh my gosh, like. I can enjoy this race. Like I can just enjoy it. Like there's nothing that I have to like fight against. There's nothing that I have to win or, or beat or anything like that. But just like, can I settle into the rhythm of just enjoying this? And I was like, yeah, I totally can. And then I was just like, Oh my gosh, she has a little sign <laughs> to me to just enjoy this race. And after that, it was like smooth, uh, smooth sailing until the very end. But yeah, it was a really beautiful moment that I was like, okay, here we are. And I can definitely testify to that because I was with Warren supporting Shay and we were kind of making our way around the course at various points to sort of meet up with Shay and cheer her on. And the first meeting place after the start was about mile seven. And by mile seven, like Warren had been worrying and he was like, oh no, Shay's like, she's so stressed. She's so worried if she's going to be okay. She didn't like take her top off. Da, 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 da. He was stressing. He was just feeling all of your feels. And I was like, don't worry, Shay's a big girl. She'll be just fine. And by the time, yeah, by the time we saw you at mile seven, you were just all smiles, all smiles <laughs> and just running along and very, very happy enjoying your race. Yeah, it was, it was really, it was such a shift in energy, which creates that shift in state in your body. And as I was kind of going on with this race, I met up with, well, I didn't meet up with them. As I was running, this guy turned to me and he said, oh, so what's your name and where are you from? And we got chatting and his name was Chris. And he had never said to he said to himself, I would never, ever do a marathon. He's not in it. He doesn't want to do running and he turned 60 and he decided he's going to do a marathon and so he started doing marathons at 60 when he was doing Bournemouth he was 60 he's 62 at the moment and it was his fifth marathon that he was running and I was like this is incredible like it just shows you that you can start you can smash your upper limiting beliefs whatever they are of yourself at any age like people say mind over matter and it's like a cliche but like there's a big part of it that is true or rather mind is matter. Like it's, you know, you are creating that physical reality for yourself 
through the beliefs and the thoughts that you hold about yourself. So that was really beautiful. And also had another little lesson that came with him because I ran with Chris and another, another lady, Jen, for quite a bit of the way. Was that Jen from Go Jen? I don't know. <laughs> I only met up with them probably more towards, it was probably around, you know, 26, 27 kilometers. I don't know what that is in miles, but it was only much later into the race, a past halfway that I kind of connected with them and was running with them. And he was just saying, you know, part of this marathon is just to feel that support and feel that camaraderie and feel that connection and being able to help and cheer and kind of help other people through it as well. And I was like, yeah, I totally get that. Like, I really do feel like there's like there's spirit and there's, there's connection between people, even if you never speak to them, even if you never have any engagement with them, there's like this solidarity, I guess, in what you're doing, which is like a really beautiful thing. But as I was running with him, um, we ran for quite some time together. And he, at one point, he said, oh, you really are helping me. You really are kind of carrying me through and you, you're helping me like get through this. And then I started feeling really good. I was like, you know what, actually, like I looked at my watch and I was like, maybe I can make this marathon in four hours 30. And I was feeling really good. And I was like, I actually want to, you know, pick up the pace and go a little bit faster. And I realized then like there's this as we've said before, with this, this relationship that empaths have with people in their lives is that we can carry people. And I realized like, this is what I've been doing. Like I've been carrying this Chris um, with me as I've been running, carrying, 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 but I can still support him. I can still cheer for him without having to be the one who's actually carrying him. So it was a beautiful realization. And it took a lot of strength for me to like internal strength for me to be like, I'm actually moving. I'm actually going past this now. I don't need to carry you anymore. I don't need to run with you anymore. I can still cheer for you. And, and, and thankfully the Bournemouth course, it crosses back on itself a few times. So if you're running in one direction and then you kind of move ahead of someone, you almost see them on the way back is kind of doubling, doubling over. And I, I passed him a few times going in the opposite direction. And every single time I passed him, I was shouting and cheering so loud for him and really, really supporting and giving him like the good vibes and the cheers, but without having to carry him. And I think it was such a, a nice way of, or nice analogy of, of separating that difference between carrying somebody versus, or energetically carrying somebody with you versus being able to support and cheer for them and, and really hold space for them and for them to be able to run their own race without you having to carry them. And I think that was a really good lesson for me. It's such a metaphor for life and how we, we can often be held back by this like caring for others and needing to take this ownership and stepping into your power to do what's right for you. But it doesn't mean that there's any less love or compassion or care for the person, but the, the energy dynamic in that relationship just changes. Mm. And it's so interesting because one of the reasons why I decided to sign myself up to a marathon in a crazy bout of lunacy, I was reading and teaching from this book, The Big Leap. And it's a guy, um, Gay Hendricks wrote the book and we were doing it in, in the Earlsfield Yoga courses. And he talks about all these upper limiting beliefs that we have. And funny enough, I met up with a friend yesterday who's also like a spiritual coach and she's busy reading the book at this, at this moment. And I was like, oh yes, remind me of like those limiting beliefs. And one of those limiting beliefs is the belief of not wanting to outshine others. 
and that feeling of like, well, you know, if I go ahead, then I'm going to be like, you know, outshining him or it's like this whole thing. And it's like, you hold yourself back, hold yourself back from not wanting to really step into that shine, to step into that power, as you said. So it was just, yeah, it's, it's like kind of come full circle of really stepping into the lessons that I wanted to learn through doing this kind of challenge for myself. So yeah, it was really beautiful. Each week we get incredible feedback about our episodes of Kombucha and Color. We know our show is touching, inspiring, and helping hundreds of women, and we would like to reach even more. Can you help? You can help other women find the inspiration that you have found if you head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. If you screenshot your review and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed tagging myself, Anna, Shay, or Kombucha and Color, we'll send you a wonderful restful yoga nidra practice to download so you can find some peace and calm in your day or a better night's sleep at night. Additionally, everyone who enters and leaves a review and shares it on Instagram will be put into a lucky prize draw to win a copy of my Beat the Bloat guide and Shay's yoga guide. You can love your body from the inside out with 174 pages, including over a hundred pages of recipes, which walk you through my 28 day digestive reset process. This is perfect if you want to reset your body, address any unwanted health symptoms, or support your skin, hormones, energy, and digestion. Shay's 173-page yoga guide includes 116 pages of detailed pose analysis. It will give you all the tools you need to teach yourself yoga so you can sequence, practice, and flow safely in your very own home. Remember, all you need to do is go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, screenshot the review, and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed tagging myself, Anna underscore Marsh underscore nutrition, Shay at Indie Yoga Life, or Kombucha and Color, Kombucha underscore and underscore color. Head on over and do that right now before you forget, and then your yoga nidra practice will be on its way. Something we've said many, many times on the show, one of my favorite quotes is to achieve something you've never achieved before, you must become someone you have never been. So my question to you is, how does this Shay that I'm speaking to today compare to the Shay that we podcasted with back in the day when you were telling everyone about this challenge that you were going to take on? Interesting question. I think like the main thing that I've taken out of it is that part of me is like, oh, you're not that committed. You're not that dedicated. You can't stick to a thing for, for too long. And I think proving that to myself is like, number one, like, yeah, I can actually do hard things. I can actually be a little bit more dedicated. I can be committed. I can be all these things that are required for that training process. Because I think running the marathon is just sort of the cherry on top of what actually is that that process is about it's the process is about you know creating the space in your day to be able to do the training runs to dedicate time to tuning into your body so that you can keep a good maintenance of it it's making sure that even on holidays or times when you are not in your regular routine that you can make space for prioritizing something that is important to you or prioritizing your needs of 
of what you need to do to achieve something that you have committed yourself to. So I think it's, it's more of like the practical stuff of like, yeah, you can do hard things. And it's given me a sense of surety. It's like, whereas before in the back of my mind, there was this little bit of niggling doubt, like, are you really going to do this? And even like arriving at your house, I was like, this all feels quite surreal. Like it feels like I'm not really doing this, but yet I did. So yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's been an interesting journey over the, over the past while. And, and when people say, oh yes, like marathon running, it's like your mind, 100% you need to do physical training. Like there's no doubt about that. You need to do the physical work, but it also, there's a big part of it is about the mind and a big part of it is about the heart as well. And that's one of the takeaways that I got from this born to run book is that so much of the ability to run and to be in that endurance type of race is whether you are leading and living with heart. And they talk about this Taramara tribe and they have this spirited nature with what they enter, when they enter their running and when they enter their marathon kind of sport, which they do for fun, they do for connection, they do for community, which is a lot about what marathons I think really are about at their heart. But it really, it was an emotional thing as well. And I've spoken in the past about the, these koshas, which is these sheaths around the body. I think you can listen back to it in the koshas episode. But, you know, we have these layers that surround the body. We've got this, this layer that is the physical body. So when we tire out the physical body, which is what happens when we go to a really, really super exhausting yoga class or we take an endurance run or we do something that's physically really taxing for the body, then we kind of strip off that layer and then we enter the pranamaya kosha, which is the breath body. And that's the energy body. And so like for me, like at the end of this race, like after like four hours of like really like physical, you know, effort to the end, like, okay, that can feel like my breathing starting to get a little bit longer, a little bit heavier, a little bit like I'm drawing on that energy reserve through the breath to keep me and sustain me going. And once that is exhausted, once that's like layers being shed or worked through, or you find a little bit of porousness through there, then you reach this Manamaya Kosha, which is the emotional body. And I can tell you at five kilometers to go, there was this knowing in me like, oh my gosh, I'm actually going to do this. Like I'm actually going to finish. And there was so much like emotion that was sitting on my chest that was like, I could feel like viscerally feel like this bubble of like emotion at my chest. And like, it was actually getting really hard to breathe because I was like, I feel like I'm crying, but I've got like nothing to cry because like, I'm so exhausted at the end of this race. But it was just like, you, you break through all these layers and then you reach this wisdom body, you reach this wisdom sheath, and then you reach this bliss body, which is the bliss is at the end when you get into an episode. And you have a Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> when I get into the end and have a Coca-Cola, I'm like, well, yeah, I'll meet up with Anna and I was set to a phone one and I'm like, I need a Coca-Cola, give me one. Um, but yeah, it was just like a really beautiful way to just affirm all these things that I already know, but in a really experiential way, which was, which was really. When I did my yin training with Annie in Paris in June, one of the themes for one of the yin practices we did was the sacred mundane. And I think, you know, very often people think of spiritual practices as being, you know, like a, a meditation or a yoga type of thing or like a silent retreat. But so much of life is really just a spiritual practice. And we were talking in the car, actually, when I was driving you guys to the start a little bit about like how 
I think we we're talking about yoga girl and you were going to listen to her podcast during the marathon and something about like marketing yourself as a spiritual practice. And, you know, and we started this discussion about how everything in life is a spiritual practice. If you choose to see it that way. And obviously running a marathon is not mundane. It's not a mundane thing to do unless like just keeping on running for 42 kilometers or 26 miles is, could be considered mundane, but it is a, a spiritual practice because you have to supersede that physical, the physical self. There's there's something that goes over and above, and yeah, just it it creates that opportunity to have access to the these deeper parts of yourself that don't normally get exposed. And I think like going on from that is this idea of anything can be a spiritual practice. And you said if you choose to see it that way, and I think the ability to see it that way is about keeping the heart open. And that means not receding into yourself when a challenge arises or not receding back when something is put in your path that you feel like you can't overcome and not receding or kind of withdrawing or going into yourself when a relationship becomes challenging or when there's words that come up or when things maybe hurt you. But that ability to be vulnerable, which is the whole premise of Brené Brown's work, is the ability to stay open, the ability to stay vulnerable, to stay at the edge of your feeling and communicate them. And like I think that's yeah, that, that and that's that's the hard part. Like the receding is the easy because it feels safer because we are withdrawing and we kind of putting up a little bit of a wall to protect ourselves. But when we can let that wall drop down and we can arrive at this place where the heart is feeling open and seen even if it might feel super scary and super vulnerable, but that is where the spiritual practice starts. I feel for me. Mm. So, yeah. so recently I've been reading Michael Singer's book, the surrender experiment. And this is what you've just described as the essence of the book, which is this idea of he made the decision to surrender to what life was guiding him towards, which is an interesting perspective because very often we talk about, okay, you know, feel into your body and is your body saying yes or is your body saying no and make decisions from that place, which, which I think is also important. So maybe it's about context, but if life was really forcing him in one or I don't want to say forcing, maybe guiding him in one direction, he would go with it and he would just surrender. Okay. So-and-so is asking me to do this. I'll just say yes. So-and-so is asking me to do that. I'll just say yes. And how he just surrendered to this like flow of life. And you can read the book and listen to his story. It's, it's a really interesting read and you can be like, Oh, he, you know, it's, it's easy to go with the flow because everything turned out okay. But in order for everything to turn out okay, he had to go through some immense challenges and it was keeping his heart open to the possibilities that would arrive from just being with those challenges that, that created the incredible life that he had slash has. So surrendering to what is I think is at the essence of it all. And it's not always an easy thing to do. He's got another book, The Untethered Soul. And a lot of that book, he talks about keep the heart open. Don't, how do you keep the heart open? Don't close the heart. And I was like, but he's not giving any practical tools or things that can explain what this heart opening feels like and what heart closing feels like. And so like, that's where I like dive deep. And I was like, what does it feel? What does it mean to keep the heart open? And is that that ability to share your shame, share your guilt, speak up about what's really sitting on your heart, because the more that we keep that stuff in, 
the more that it sits on the heart and then the more that it blocks up that heart. So it's about really honestly, authentically sharing in the right context with the right people in the right space where there's safety and support and trust. And then allowing that, yeah, not that feeling of not receding, not withdrawing back into yourself, which I think is, is yeah, the easy thing, as I've said. I think um, this is potentially quite easy for me to say with the experiences I've had, but if we were to, if you were to ask yourself honestly, so like just go quiet for a bit and then just, you know, ask yourself the question, is my heart open or closed in this situation with this thing right now in this moment, you could probably say, yes, it is. No, it isn't. But I think sometimes it's also just that taking the time to check in because you often will just get completely lost in the drama, the chaos, the life that is. And I feel like a little bit of a broken record, but we always come back to this sort of similar concept on the show, which is just taking that time and space to check in. And also the 100% has to be a physical element of opening the heart in terms of there's stuff that arises and rises up in your body that needs to be cleared in a physical physical way like even as I was coming back from I have a, a private client before this podcast chat and I was coming up the stairs at Wimbledon station and I kind of almost missed one step as I was walking up and I didn't fall but I had that moment of feeling like falling and I can feel my whole body just kind of goes into that and I can feel it's almost like a a short, sharp shooting feeling that kind of clenches into the center of your chest. Like it feels like a tightening or like a, or like a squeeze at right at the heart. And I just kind of righted myself and carried on walking up the stairs because I didn't actually fall. But I had this like really, and that, that, that is the, the feeling of a closed feeling at the heart, that like clenching, that closing, which comes from fear, which comes from feeling anxious, which comes from um, not feeling safe, not feeling trusted, not feeling heard, all of that. And it can come from physical fear, like the fear of falling or the fear of safety, whatever. That emotional stuff that's kind of or that that chemical reaction that's caused that feeling physical feeling in the body as I walked up the stairs I was like I feel fine now but where has that gone where has that chemical reaction where has that you know where has that feeling where's it gone it's just dissipated a little bit into the rest of my body but I haven't actually had a process to physically clear it from the body in any powerful way so the practice of shaking the body you know yoga is a beautiful tool but you can actually move much deeper than yoga there's there's ways that you can really get emotion out through the body that you can physically release that you can shake off that you can really allow yourself to move deeper into a way of clearing the heart so that you can arrive at that open-hearted space again that is the basically the principle of the network spinal analysis that I do, which we've podcasted about before on the show is, you know, when you watch a wild animal being chased by a lion on TV, when the animal comes to safety, it, it shakes off its spine. And I even noticed like my cats, they play outside on the balcony and then they go like, I don't know, they do all sorts of weird things when they have their crazy time. And then Jacob will just like run inside and he stands in the middle of the room and he just like shakes himself off like a bit like a dog actually. <laughs> and, um, and, and that is their, the animal's way of just like releasing th that stress response from the nervous system. And as human beings, we typically don't do that consciously um, unless we maybe go to a yoga class or do some of the other practices. So the, the network spinal analysis, which I go to is, um, is a specific 
chiropractic therapy or I don't want to say treatments because I don't really like that word, but yeah, it's a chiropractic therapy to actually unlock some stuff, which can be like deeply, deeply rooted from, you know, years and years and years ago. So there's, there's lots of different options. Yeah. Well, that was basically my take on running a marathon. I have to say, like, I've had so much support and so much cheers from people in my life and from people on social media. And yeah, it's been a really inspiring journey for me and having all, you know, everybody cheering has been wonderful. So I'm so, so grateful to everybody. It was really fun to cheer you on. And I think like I'm in this very different place, whereas in the past, I've been very much like striving ahead, achieving, achieving, achieving. And this year has really been about like taking that step back and just giving myself that space to assimilate and flow and heal and not necessarily be striving and pushing. And it was really just beautiful to be the supporter lifting someone else up yeah that was and obviously because you're a very very special friend to me as well I think that made it even more special that it was actually just a really lovely space to be in oh well it is it's it's true and it's that we all need support in different ways and it's it's when you are open-hearted in that way the support flows easily between people and through people and we find the way that we need to support other people in the way that we can also, the other little thing that I learned from the whole experience is obviously you guys are coming down to stay and we had made a joke on the previous show about like the banner. Have I made a banner? Whereas <laughs> <laughs> making a banner is like a very shay thing to do. And so part of me was like, after we had that conversation, I was a little bit like, oh, I'm such a bad friend. I didn't make sure about that kind of thing. But then I realized that when we were messaging and I was talking about like what I was going to cook you for, for dinner and, and I was like, you know, would you like to eat this? Um, and I'm going to make some brownies and I've got your bananas ready for you and all of this stuff. I realized like that's my gift. That's my skill set. Like, yes, Shay would like get out the washi tape and make a, a very, very creative banner because that for you is like an effortless expression of your creativity. But for me, like the effortless expression of my creativity is to make like a really delicious meal and that's how I express my gifts and it was just actually just acknowledging that like you think that that's amazing because like you're not really a cook so when someone like cooks nice food you're like oh wow this is this is like incredible but when I see all the creative beautiful things that you make I'm like wow this is so incredible she's the most creative person in the world which you are (laughs) um but we each have we each have these strengths and it's just actually actually being okay with what your strengths are and not, not wanting for someone else's. Mm, mm. And that's, and that's the, that's the ability to step back into your power and be like, yeah, here I am. This is me. This is me. This is me. Yeah. My song players. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I just thank you again for all your support, Anna, and for having us and for everybody who cheered. And I know Gail, um, who came on retreat with me, she's been a massive inspiration. Everybody who's given me their marathon tips and their running tips. And yeah, I felt really supported and loved. So thank you so much to everybody. Um, so I guess we'll see you again next week (laughs) see you all soon Bye. bye thank you for listening to another episode of kombucha and color if you have enjoyed or been inspired by our conversations today please leave a five star review on stitcher or itunes Don't forget to share with friends and family. This will help other women find inspiration to live life bright. 
We'd love to connect with you on social media. Come find me, Shay, by searching Shay Daya Yoga on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me, Anna, by searching Anna Marsh on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can always refer to the links in the show notes. See you next week. Hi, it's Shay here. Take a moment right now to reflect on how you measure a successful day for yourself. For a long time, I measured the success of my day based on the number of Instagram likes or followers I gained, the money I made, or the amount of love or praise I received. Whilst these are wonderful things to desire, using them as a metric of success left me feeling really depleted. It was only after some honest soul-searching that I've truly shifted my metrics so that now I define my success on whether I'm able to answer yes to the following three questions. Have I moved my body today? Have I breathed or sat in stillness today? Have I created something today? Move, breathe, create. When I focus on these as measures of a successful day, I am able to really slow down get out of the busyness of my head, back into my body, and manifest things from a really authentic place. What's even crazier is that when I focus on these three things, all the other shiny pennies, the money, the praise, the followers, the likes, they all flow into my life with such ease as a result of me being in an energized, calm, creative, and aligned state. It's completely changed my outlook on life, and it's made me a much happier person. I really want to share all my tools with you so that you too can manifest the things you want in your life from this energized, calm, creative, and aligned state and feel really happy whilst doing it. Come and join me at movebreathecreate.com where you will find ways to energize your body and calm your mind along with creative tutorials and techniques to get you into that creative, manifesting state. Most Yoga Studio monthly memberships cost upwards of £100 a month, and you can join me over at movebreathecreate.com, where you can find not only yoga practices and tutorials, but also workbook downloads, community, meditations, soul work, journal ideas, creative prompts, and inspiration, all for less than £10 a month. It's like your own personal yoga retreat space. Come connect back to your body, mind, and soul with me at movebreathecreate.com. I look forward to seeing you inside of the community.